With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. If the Steelers win on Saturday, they're going to get the help they need from one of the two teams on Sunday. True or false? Oh, I want to say true. I'm leaning more toward that it's going to be true for, for certain the Bills and Dolphins game. It really comes down to the Jags and Titans game. You saw Mike Vrabel's press conference yesterday. I was going to bring that up just How now. pissed off that guy is right now. What a guy to have in your corner if you're the Steelers. If you're the Steelers. And an ex-Steeler, too. So. Right. I mean... I'm, pull, you, you, I'm pulling off what he said right now. You could have easily guessed that, okay, the Titans, you know, they have nothing to play for. <laughs> they could just fold and let the Jaguars win their game and get to the postseason. That's not Rabel's mentality at all. So I'm right guessing now. somebody asked him about like you know you're eliminated. Clearly, like, how someone do you has have the motivation yeah, right. for this week, and he said, "It effing sucks losing. Awful. That's why I want to win." Rabel said, "Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. He's gonna come ready to play. He's gonna come ready yeah. to win. And you know what else I like going for them? Young quarterback that they're trying to build up for the future. They're gonna treat this game like you know." It's a game in the middle of the season. It's the game to start the regular season next year. Uh Uh, They want to see what they have in Will Levis. I think he's proven enough to get the start next year, don't you? I think that he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean, certainly over Tannehill and— They're not going to go out and get anybody else And who's the other guy? Willis. They're not going to go get anybody else What a bust Malik Willis is. How everyone was saying maybe he's a first-round pick, we've already forgotten his name. I mean, when Levis throws four touchdown passes in his first game, I think right right then and there I was like, I'm ready to give this dude a full season. A full off-season, a full season. exactly. See what he's got. I mean, he was was the third trigger coming into the season this year. This is a great way to launch yourself into that. That Will Levis era to launch yourself into that first full offseason with Levis being the nailed on number one starter, beating a playoff team in your own stadium, knocking them out of the playoffs, and getting some of that momentum going into the offseason. So Vrabel's just a madman, and I love him. And even if they were two and 15, I think he'd have the same energy as he does right now. But I also love the fact that they're trying to work out this new quarterback, this rookie quarterback. You know, these reps matter for them. And they're going to make the most of them. So those those things, Vrabel being nuts and Will Levis right. being a young quarterback that they're still getting you know, used to and still acclimating to the NFL, I think those are huge things going in the Steelers' favor. Yeah, huge. Uh, I don't – I'm still squeamish on it. I, I'm still iffy. I feel pretty good about Buffalo and beating Miami, even though that game is in Miami. Uh, Miami are just frauds. Yeah, Buffalo and- just – and they're just <sighs> – rolling downhill right now. Yeah, Miami is clawing their way. And now Buffalo's sitting in their meetings and they're saying, we're the number two team in the AFC if we just win this game. Yeah, right. We think, like, I want to say, I wanted to draw the comparison last year to Green Bay and Detroit in that season finale game. But I think this is entirely different. 
because this is the head-to-head matchup of if I win, I can eliminate the team in Miami. I can eliminate Buffalo, but Buffalo is just so hungry right now. And you talk about trajectories of teams. Look at how Miami has fared throughout the course of the season, how they've gotten to this point leading up to Week 18, and do the same for Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo had a really, really rough go of things all the way basically through November. But somehow when they fired their offensive coordinator, that was clearly the spark they needed. They have I don't think they've lost a game since. Yeah, and I, I often think about like how fair that was to Dorsey. Yeah, right. Um, but it worked. And it worked. Maybe, you know, it wasn't necessarily that Dorsey was a bad offensive coordinator and the new offensive coordinator is light years ahead of him. I mean, the new offensive coordinator was working under Dorsey at some point, so mm-hmm. it can't be that much different. But, and this stinks because, you know, Ken Dorsey was the person that had to fall on the sword here. But sometimes when you shake things up, sometimes when you shoot a hostage like that, it just wakes everybody up. Not to say that Dorsey was the reason that they were losing, but they fire Dorsey, and all of a sudden, you know, Allen in that locker room's like, whoa. Like, something. Not Stuff a, is going down. We here. we this isn't yeah, right. just you know a stretch of poor play. Like we're costing people jobs now. Right. Um. This isn't who we are as a team. There is accountability being taken for you. Exactly. And I mean that happened. I think in a way with the Steelers too. Obviously, not all of this has been Matt Canada's fault at all when it came to the offense. But you send that kind of seismic wave through the locker room, you can get a response out of that because no one wants to see this person that they've worked so closely with for years all of a sudden now on the unemployment line. Yeah, they've lost one game, and that was that— To Eagle, to, Philly game, to Philly, right? but it which was, was one of the best, one of the best games, games of the year. year. Buffalo should have won that game, could have won that could've game. Could have won that game. But So overall, they're 5-1 and one since firing the OC. Yeah, so it, it, it you can And cannot, the one loss comes against the defending NFC champions from last year. Yeah, so you can't argue that it was a move that is paying dividends uh, for Buffalo. Yeah, that's the one that I'm shakiest on, too, is the Dolphins doing you the favor and, and beating the Bills. Uh, I know it's Sunday night football. I know it's in Miami. Um, but, you know, a night game in Miami. Oh, you're in, talking about, like, you're not confident the Miami Dolphins can do you the help. Right, more confident in Tennessee. Right, 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 right. Night game in Miami um, in January. I mean, that's perfect for the Bills. No sun that they have to deal with. It's January, so it's the lighter season anyway when it comes to heat in Miami. It couldn't be better as far as the conditions are concerned. In fact, you know, for Buffalo, I mean, they, they're kind of a hybrid team because if it's snowing and it's miserable, Josh Allen's just going to run like a wildebeest all over you. But, you know, this is going to be probably nice enough weather where he can sling the ball around the field a little bit. I just think that the Bills have too much for the Dolphins, and the Dolphins with the Waddle injury and Hill dealing with his injury right now um, – Bradley Chubb now out for the year. Mm-hmm. Just you can see. I mean, the, you, you can see risk. the momentum going in opposite right. directions for these teams. Just to draw a, a a comparison to the Bradley Chubb thing, do you not think John Harbaugh is looking at that and saying, "I can't do that to my team," especially with a more important right, position, right? Yeah, a way more important position. But the first things first in all of this, you got to take care of your own business in Baltimore. Definitely. Mason Rudolph gets the start. Can I can I ask you something? Yes. Rank me in terms of confidence the games versus going in the Steelers' favor. 
I think Steelers. Steelers, gonna... Ravens, Buffalo, Miami, and then uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville. I'm, more, I'm most confident in the Steelers beating the Ravens. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, come okay. on, you'll take care. Of, you got to be yeah. more confident in a team like this rolling okay. two straight wins, taking care of their own business, especially against backups. Then I'm more confident in Titans T- beating Tennessee, the Jags. Jacksonville. Yeah, and then last would be the Dolphins beating yeah. the Bills. But Steelers beating the Ravens. See, I might go. I'm. I might go back and forth because I. I just don't know. You know, even with a backup playing for Baltimore, uh, it's still a it's still a division game. I mean, it's not like Harbaugh sitting out this game. Harbaugh's still going to be coaching these guys, and John Harbaugh, someone who we thought was out of a job a couple of years ago, and granted he got his quarterback, but has really revitalized his career or the second half of his career with Lamar Jackson, and. Let's be honest, Tom. Even though they bottomed out in uh, 2021, they lost, what, each of their last seven games, didn't make the playoffs. He did enough to keep this team afloat last year, get them to the playoffs, and he did a good enough job to keep that game close in the first round of the playoffs and keep things close against Cincinnati. So I I just can't say that I'm fully – like, that's why I said, like, I'm probably 60-40 on this Ravens game for the Steelers winning. If I had to get, if I had to quantify it for the Titans game, I might go 65-35. I might even say 70-30 because I I don't trust the Jags at all right now. And like you said, Vrabel's clearly hungry for a win, not just going to bend over. And this is a game that Will Levis can just say, you know what? This is my team moving forward. Let me just go out and prove it furthermore and then get myself in the best position ready for next se- next season. I might go back and forth on the Steelers and Ravens versus the Titans and Jags, and then I would obviously put the Bills and the Dolphins last. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The good news about the Ravens, too, is, you know, you think earlier in the year they had been really good against the run, one of the better teams in football. Now you pull up uh, the defenses uh, and the best units at stopping the run in the NFL. They're all the way down at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They're 13th right now yeah, in the NFL. So they've, they've dropped off quite a bit, and I love that for the Steelers because that's yeah, that's huge. the game plan. You know, That's how you torch Seattle. You ran the football effectively. I would really like to see that carry over to Baltimore and just allow Mason to stay on schedule and just allow life to be a lot easier for Mason uh, by running that football like you had uh, the prior week. So I think obviously that's the first plan of attack for the Steelers, as it should always be, is is to run Naj and to run uh, Warren. And I think that the Ravens' defense hasn't been giving that stiff of a resistance to the run lately, and they might be missing key players as well this week. So encouraging to see the Ravens kind of slip in that department You'd worry that, you know, they just stopped the Steelers running attack and, and Mason would be forced to throw the ball a lot and you just 
even though Mason has looked good, you just never want to mess around with that, especially on the road against the division team. Uh, but it looks like, you know, that runway is going to be clear, clear for takeoff for Harris uh -huh. and, and Warren should be another big day for those two backs. They need a nickname, right? Like, you know, definitely they had like thunder and lightning yeah, for definitely. some of the running backs. Like I forget, like who was the, the D'Angelo Williams and uh, Jonathan Stewart tandem in Carolina before D'Angelo Williams came here. That had a really cool nickname to it. I, I can't remember what it was like. Uh, this is great radio because I know these. I know the tandems that had cool nicknames. And I can't remember the nicknames. Uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I know had a pretty good nickname as far as those two were concerned. But we need a nickname for Harris and Warren. I Can think we just call them like the the Specter Brothers. The Specter Brothers. What does that mean? Does, don't you get like a Specter for the Angry Runs Award? It's called a scepter, Jacob. Scepter, sorry, scepter. The scepter brothers? I don't know. I don't want to give Kyle Brandt too much credit. D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart's nickname was Smash and Dash. Oh, I That's thought it was Double nickname. Trouble. That's good, too. Smash and Dash is pretty good. I like the good, scepter but... brothers. Nah, it's stupid. Why? Because you came up with it. Okay. That's an awesome nickname. I'm just jealous. That's what you should have gone in on the Ricky Bobby. Is it? Is it a stupid nickname? <laughs> I think you're just jealous because you didn't think about it. You're right. That was an awesome nickname. Second <laughs> <laughs> uh, brother, that's a good one. Smash and you're right. Double Trouble was what they were later known as, but Smash and Double Dash trouble, was the right. first one. Yeah, it, it, it needs a nickname. Okay, Scepter Brothers, I guess, is the leader in the clubhouse. You know who's good at this? You know who'd be good at this? Who? Wolf. Oh, I bet yeah. you Wolf's got something. Oh, yeah. there. I bet you Wolf's got something in the hopper right now for their nickname. I'm looking up Kamara and Ingram's nickname. Boom and Zoom was Alvin Kamara. Oh, and Mark I love Ingram. that. Uh, That's a great one. Yes, they, they were talking about there's a little write up where they were, Ingram was like, Thunder and Lightning's been done before. Smash and Dash came close, but it, uh, we like Boom and Zoom. Gotta, listen, uh -huh. if you have two players that both go over 1,000 yards from scrimmage at the same position, they need a nickname. They need a dude. Definitely. Even if well, it's so, how do we not have one for TJ and and, and Highsmith? Because that's on defense. Sounds fun. They can have a nickname too, but I just I don't know. Uh, even if it's something as easy as just the dynamic duo, I mean, they need something there. They need a moniker. But run the ball with the Scepter Brothers, Definitely. the dynamic duo. Big game from them. And let that offensive line keep building that confidence. Keep letting them push around a lot of players. Letting them assert themselves physically. Uh, that clearly, I think, is the best plan of attack against this Baltimore team. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, they have kind of slowed down. I'm talking about Baltimore's run defense. They've had good games. You know, I think I remember when they played the Chargers. Uh, Austin Eckler didn't have a huge day. Uh, but overall, that running defense for Baltimore has really slowed down. Um, obviously, the, the they did a good job holding up against the Niners, but I think the Rams really ran the ball effectively well uh, well against them. The Bengals did. The Browns did. Um, so this is a susceptible defense to the run. Now, I think it'd be foolish, Tom, unless Roquan Smith isn't out there. That's a huge factor in this. But if he is... You can't go into this game thinking, oh, my God, the Steelers just ran for 200-plus yards on the Seattle defense. Why can't they do it all again this week? Well, even though we're talking about the Ravens' defense not being as great against the run as it once was, doesn't mean it's anywhere nearly as bad as the Seattle run defense. It's still, like I said, you know, they've, they've slowed down, but they've had decent performances. Um, 
against San Francisco in that blowout Monday night win against the Jaguars, against the uh, Chargers from a few weeks back, holding Austin Eckler to a very uh, short yardage on the day. So I, I think, you know, you can be realistic. Go in this game with Mason Rudolph starting for you at quarterback. Attack on the run. But I can't believe I'm saying this, Tom. You know, if they if the run doesn't work, I'm not going to feel discouraged because I finally, finally, finally feel like I can trust the quarterback playing right now. Ain't that a thing? Third string quarterback comes in and you finally. Feel I like mean, you like can how crazy him. is it that with the guy who was taken with the first round pick last year, we were we were begging, don't put the ball, don't force the ball into that guy's hands. Let Najee Harris run. Let Jalen Warren run. Keep running the ball. But now I'm saying with a third-string quarterback who was drafted five years Mixing ago. Mixing some passes in there. Throwing some play action. Like if Jalen Warren and Najee Harris don't get off to a fast start, okay. You know what I, I noticed too from Mason, and I don't know if this was game plan specific or if Mason's more comfortable than the other two. He was under center a lot more against oh, Seattle. Yeah. And maybe that's more of a comfort thing with Mason. Maybe he's more comfortable doing that uh, than Kenny and Mitch. Um you're right about trusting the quarterback, though. It's hard to believe that you're there, but that literally played out in front of our eyes on that first play after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter against the Seahawks. Uh, Did you see the uh, I NFL wanna... Films audio? No, I didn't. On, of uh, Tomlin? Inside the NFL. Yeah, of Tomlin right at that moment. He goes up to Sullivan and says, Sully, I don't, like, they know they've, we've been pounding the ball on the ground all day long. It's time to be aggressive. Let's put the game away right here, right now. Put the ball in Mason's hands. And Mason, this came, this film was released, or this footage was released because Mason had said, I don't know if the call came from Sully or Faulkner or Tomlin, but that was that was the call, and that's the play we made that passed to Pickens. It was Tomlin's call. Came from Tomlin to be aggressive. Be aggressive. He felt like he could trust his quarterback. And doesn't that doesn't that make you feel better than any scenario? Well, that I, it was your head coach who said, I'm finally gonna trust my quarterback. Well, I just – I don't want to say anything that you can't prove because all of this is unknown, but I'm not as confident that they would have that much confidence in either of the other right. two quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's worrisome. Let's put it this way. I know they wouldn't have confidence in number 10 to do no, that. No, 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 no. Maybe no. number 8. You should have confidence in number 8 to do that. You need to have confidence in number 8 to do that if number eight's going to become what he was drafted to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you clearly trust Mason. But but here's here's my question. In that scenario, fourth quarter, fourth quarter Kenny, maybe they do trust maybe him. Maybe they do trust him. That's why I, I'm not gonna just flat out say yeah. the other two. But you don't trust do. Mitch. Don't trust Mitch. And you no. don't and you be, and you believe wholeheartedly they wouldn't trust Mitch either. They would not have trust Mitch. They would have ran the ball. Yeah. I'm leaning towards they would have ran the ball with Kenny too. But with the way Mason was playing and how efficient he was and you know, they felt safe that he wasn't going to turn the ball over, and then also they probably felt confident that he was going to end up making the play, and he and George Pickens ended up making the play. Um, so, I w- you know, you want to run the ball a lot against this Ravens team, but you're right. As far as that game plan isn't designed to kind of hide your quarterback, it's kind of just designed because I think that's your best offense, A, and B, I think you have a quarterback that can now – play all the right notes off of that running game and really use the running game to suck the defense towards the line of scrimmage and then hit them for big gains down the field. Um, You're finally seeing a quarterback 
work his way through first, second, third, and fourth reads. Uh, if you watched the Big Ben podcast this past week, he was doing it live during the game. And, like, some of the dropbacks, like, on big third downs, he was commentating. He was like, Mason's back, first read, second read, third read, fourth mm-hmm. read. Okay, hits a good game. Like, And he would say, like, that's something you hadn't seen from the other two quarterbacks. No, no, he's, not he's at all. working through progressions like mm-hmm. that. And the other thing that Mason has just, I think, blown me away with and really been a lot better than the other two is his pocket presence. Um, yeah. Steps up in the pocket. I mean, all you have to say to is that. Uh, that's all you have to say. Dude, I don't even know how he got it off. I don't know either. Let alone the, the mustard he had mm-hmm. on it. And, I mean, he almost overthrew him. That's how much of a bomb it was. Right. But he didn't have any room to step into it. But he did move up in the pocket there. Uh-huh. And it was all arm and shoulder strength out Foot the Foot planted. Yeah. He's bigger than the other two quarterbacks. So, I mean, he's got a little bit more of a size of... That's what Pickens talked about when he first came in is his arm angle is just different, different. because he's taller. He drops that thing way in over the top. Um, so, I mean, pocket presence and going through your progressions, I mean, let's just call it like it is, folks. Playing the quarterback position has just been a lot better in those aspects. It's come a lot easier to him, it seems like. And maybe that's fair because he's been in the league longer than the other two. Well, him and Mitch around the same time. Mitch, I think, didn't Mitch, Mitch come in the year earlier? I think so. Okay, well, let's forget Mitch. Talking about Kenny. Kenny. He's been around for four more years than Kenny has. Three more years than Kenny has, Mason has. So, I mean, maybe that's why the comfortability's there. But how comfortable can you be just holding a clipboard right. and watching from the bench? Because that's all he's been doing. He gets right. no reps in practice. He, he just... He didn't before the emergency quarterback. And, thing, know, he didn't dress for the games. And, like, yeah. And to be fair to Kenny's point, that's kind of what he was saying. He was asked last week, Kenny, did you feel like you took away anything from having to watch Mason on the sideline? He said, No, no. Because what am I going to learn? I, I, I've I've started before. What am I going to learn not starting? Yeah, it's the same offense, right? Like he's running the right. same plays that I know how to run. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's nothing new here. It's not like I sat back. It's all the, about execution. It's not like I just got drafted. And right. I'm sitting here and I'm watching Aaron Rodgers go out there and play. Yeah. Then I'm sure his answer would have been, I learned a thing or two. Uh-huh. But you're right. He's been a starter for 20. He started more games in his career than Mason has at this point. Right. So. Oh, a double. Yeah. I so, think I mean, Mason's only started, what, 12? And, so, I mean, and Kenny started 24. So, exactly. Like, what is he supposed to learn from that? Um, Kenny knows he has to be more accurate with his passes. Kenny knows he has to stay in the pocket more. Uh, there's nothing that Rudolph did that Kenny doesn't know that he has to do as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of crazy that he's been on the bench for as long as he has been behind Ben Roethlisberger, behind Mitch Trubisky, behind Kenny Pickett, and just due to the poor play or due to the injury of Kenny Pickett, then to the poor play of Mitch Trubisky, this is really his most legitimate shot of earning his starting job, and. He, you can't you can't deny that he took advantage of every second of it. He stayed ready. Right. And I think that's what's most important here. He stayed ready and that Didn't is lose so focus. that is so hard to do for anyone. I mean, uh, all of you out there as humans, um, you know, you want to get your shot. Oh. And you, you I guarantee you to a man, you probably think you deserve your shot and you probably do deserve your shot earlier than your shot presents itself to mm-hmm. you and you, you can, may become impatient and then that impatientness can kind of overtake you mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you convince yourself that what you wanted to do so badly isn't necessarily what you want to do anymore and then you walk away from it and you end up going down a different path and that's fine you can end up going down a different path for the better but to show that kind of focus to show that kind of determination to 
I'm sure be impatient, but not allow that impatience to overcome or overtake his full emotional scale and to continue to stay focused and to, you know, swallow a little bit of pride and sign back with the Steelers this offseason because there wasn't any really fish biting in the market. Mm-hmm. And this is a very familiar place. And if you're going to be a number three quarterback somewhere, why not make it at a place that's been your home for about a half a decade? So uh, kudos to him for, you know, keeping his head up, coming back. And now look at what happened. It, you can't tell me that that decision in this offseason to be this team's third-string quarterback wasn't the best of his life potentially, or at least the best of his life before going to maybe Oklahoma State. Right. No, I mean, there are people, there are reporters out there who are saying, look at this Mason Rudolph story. Sure, Joe Flacco's a great story, but you got to pay attention to what Mason Rudolph is doing in Pittsburgh. Isn't it like, I don't see as much about Mason Rudolph nationally. Is it backup quarterback fatigue? Like every week, it's like Browning has lit it up. And quarterback is stepping up. Flacco's back. And, you know, all these backups are playing so well. Aiden O'Connell threw six touchdowns against the Chargers. Like, are they just like, Rudolph came in and he lit it up again. Like, what else is new? Backup quarterbacks out playing the starters. Like, if Kenny got hurt in, like, week three, and he was, then instead, he was of, the first instead, instead of he was the last guy, he well, was, like, the second or third guy to come in and We know relief. that if Kenny was hurt in week three, we would have had to go at least four weeks with Mitch. So it would have probably right. been, like, week eight. Just to sum up this episode, and this, I'm going to say this a lot this offseason, you know, the criticism for this coaching staff does not come under the umbrella of Mason should have been starting under, over Kenny. It comes under the umbrella of how was Mitch your number two. Right. If Mason's your number two, I think you might win both of those two in ten games. Oh, I, at least the Patriots won when Mason had when a Mason full had week the full to week. Pre- to well, start, it was a short right. week, but you get the gist. Like, but you had the entire week that you, you had available you to you as a starter with the reps, with the coaches. Yeah. yeah so that was that's a, a big misstep. That's a stinger. Yeah, no question. I about still it. I still contend that you probably end up losing that game to the Colts. Maybe not. That's fine. Because you know what? I actually have I've talked myself out of it. Maybe because you score thirty Mason, points with Mason. If Mason comes in for relief of Kenny against Arizona, then plays the full or then has the full week of practice to play against New England, Beats wins that the game, then has a second full week of practice with Maybe. the starters against Indianapolis. Maybe, but I. If I could have get, I mean, I, the thing is, you don't want to lose three in a row ever. But you look at the two against Arizona and, and New England at home, two win teams. That's that's why they stick out more than the Indianapolis. If game. I could get in the DeLorean and change one thing, I would go back to training camp and swap the depth charts at the quarterback position and put Mason in front of Mitch. And I think this season, uh, would, what, what? Uh, you would only move him from three to two, just three to two. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to criticize them for starting Kenny. You had, to yeah, go with you're Kenny. right. But but now in hindsight, would you not? I don't know. I don't know what I would do next season. I really don't. And that's going to be a. But I'm just saying for this season, not next season. Well, right now I'm riding the hot hand. I mean, there's no right. But I'm saying this season you have you have the keys to the DeLorean in hand. Would you not just say forget what you think you know, put Mason in over no. Kenny? No, I know it's going to no. hurt his development. No, not ready that. Ugh. But I would change the the backup quarterback. Gear up with the latest, and if I did that, by the way, they, we would be talking about being in the playoffs by now. We'd already be clinched. Yeah. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. They're located at Ackershire Stadium, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or at the Tanger Outlets, or you visit online at shop.steelers.com. What day of the week is it? Uh, it's Wednesday, That means it's time for Power Rankings. That's coming up next on the Steelers Standard. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. 
Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 